Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back into the show. That's Ben Day. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Time for your NBA store update. There is none because there are no NBA games. However, we do have the all-star game to talk about, the three-point contest, the slam dunk contest, the skills competition. Right now, as far as the standings go at the all-star break, Boston leading the way in the Eastern Conference. No surprise there. They're 43-12. and 12. Cleveland, how about that? Second-best record in the East, 36-17. and 17. They've been hotter than Farrah Fawcett in a forest fire recently. Milwaukee, 35 and 21, followed by New York, Philly, and Indy. And then out west, Minnesota leading the way. Don't you know? That's where Mall of America is. Minnesota, the Timberwolves, 39 and 16. Oklahoma City, the Clippers, Denver, Phoenix, and New Orleans, the top six in the Western Conference. Let's uh, give out some midseason awards here, Denton Day. Who's your MVP? Now, technically, it's also. Not the midseason. It is the all-star break, but we're like closer to I'm not good at math. Damn near two-thirds of the way into this thing. Yeah, two-thirds. Um, who's your MVP right now in the NBA? So if you would asked me this three weeks ago, I probably would have reluctantly said Joel Embiid. I'm not like the biggest Embiid fan. I yeah, I'm just not. Uh, I would say right now, though, it is Shea Gilders Alexander, what they've been able to do in Oklahoma City. They were a very young team last year, played really well. I think it exceeded expectations. They came in with a little more expectations this season, but I think they far exceeded those expectations already. And a lot of that is because of him. They do have a good roster, which does make his life a little easier. But I would say to this point, I would say that Shea Gildas Alexander is the MVP. But, Sean, don't laugh at me. Another name that I would consider I know where you're going. is Kawhi I know where you're going. Okay. I love Kawhi Leonard. I, I think Kawhi is great. I think Los Angeles, they for a point were playing really, really well. They've kind of come back down to earth a little bit. But I would, uh, if Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers can get their one seed in the Western Conference, it's going to be because of him. So I would, I would add him into that conversation as well. So there's a couple of players that actually fit that bill. If the Clippers can end up the one seed, you think you have to give it to Kawhi. If Oklahoma City can somehow end up the one seed, and right now they're only, what, a half a game back, you think you'd have to give it to SGA. Let me give you another one. What if the Knicks end up, say, a two seed? I don't think they're going to catch Boston. It would be strictly because of Jalen Brunson, and this is just a good value bet. Right now, Denton, 80-1 to on Jalen Brunson to be the MVP. Is that worth sprinkling a couple of bucks on? Yeah, I'll put it. if I can turn a dollar into 80 I'd put a right? dollar on Jalen Brunson winning the MVP at 80 to one, because we know like certain, like Jokic is the prohibited favor right now with minus 155 at that MGM, but he goes into coast mode in March and he doesn't really need to kick it into high gear. Right. So he might fall off a little bit in terms of the traditional numbers that would lead him to be the MVP again. But on top of that, this is a narrative heavy award, not narrative based, but narrative heavy award. If you got the Knicks, the New York Knicks at the two seed and Jalen Brunson is balling out. I think he's going to get a little bit of love from those that are casting votes. Luca 13 to one. I just don't think his team can win enough games for him to be MVP. Jason Tatum kind of gets caught in the shuffle. You mentioned a couple of those long shots. Donovan Mitchell in there also 
at 125 to one. It's funny because remember just two off seasons ago or what one and a half off seasons ago, the Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, who's going to end up with the Knicks. And it felt like Knicks fans were really disappointed. Like Jalen Brunson was kind of, you know, he was the, he was the side piece. He was the leftover. And turns out that Jalen Brunson is every bit as good as Donovan Mitchell. And dare I say, maybe even a little bit better. Yeah, he's pretty good. I was one of those ones that I was like, they gave him how much money? I mean, he had a couple good good games in the postseason with no Luka, but I was like, that's a lot of money for Jalen Brunson, and I'm wrong. I was wrong. You got to own it sometimes when you're wrong. You got to admit it. I was wrong on that because that dude, is a he is a hooper. I feel bad for Mavericks fans because think about what they have now instead of Jalen Brunson. They got Kawhi Leonard who plays sometimes, doesn't play, gives full effort, doesn't give a damn. It feels like he's always got one foot in, one foot out. I think if Jalen Brunson would have decided to stick with the Mavs so they didn't have to go out and make the trade for uh, a Kyrie Irving and they were able to still have some assets left to build around a nucleus with Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic, bro, not only would they be the favorite to win the finals this year, they could win two or three of those things. It was never going to happen because he basically told Dallas, I want to play somewhere else. But Luka and Jalen together, bro, that would have been a problem. That would have been a huge, huge problem. But I don't know if Jalen Brunson would have became this Jalen Brunson still playing Touché. alongside Luka. No, and that's the thing is he has to lead this Knicks team. Obviously, uh, old boy Julius Randle has to come back and be healthy <laughs> for them to go anywhere. All right, how about most improved player of the year? Right now at BetMGM, Tyrese Maxey is the heavy favorite, and he's probably only going to become a heavier favorite. Going to put up big stats as long as Joel Embiid is out. If you don't want to play him, Kobe White at 5-1. to one. He's been really nice this year. Aperin Shangun, 6-1. to one. Jonathan Kuminga, all of a sudden, 20-point games in 13 out of his last 15. And if the Warriors are going to make any sort of a run, it can't just be Steph. It has to be somebody else here in the second half. So I think Kuminga's a live wire, too, at plus 850. Yeah, Kaminga, if you're sprinkling anything on this, he would be the one to to sprinkle on. I think Tyrese Maxey is going to run away with this award just because of the longevity of what he's done this season. But, man, like if Clay's coming off the bench and Kaminga's playing good minutes for the Warriors and they can climb back up maybe out of the um, uh, the playoff to, to just the top six, right? So I, I think there might be something – uh, there, there might be something out of the play-in, sorry. Uh, but I think there might be something there with, with Kaminga. Fi- he seems to finally be blossoming into what they wanted both him and James Wiseman to be, right? He's young, athletic. He's fitting in the offense now. It's, it's impressive. You see Clay last night off the bench? Yeah. Oh, boy, I, at 35. I, There's no way they get anything close to that, though. That feels like a one and done. That feels like. I'm going to go into old Clay Thompson mode and prove to everybody that I still got something left, and dude's going to come out there and go two for 18 next game. Guaranteed. That feels like just enough, though, for Steve Kerr to justify. Be like, see, this is why we had you on the bench. Right. Well, maybe he knows what he's doing. And, again, I don't think the Warriors are dead. I would bet the Warriors not only to end up making the playoffs, whether that be having to take the back door and, play in that playing game and end up in the postseason. But let's say they end up, I'll throw a team out there. Let's say they play the Pelicans in the first round of the playoffs. You don't think New Orleans is going, oh, damn, we got to face Steph Curry? As a matter of fact, you tell me who's favored in that series if that was actually happening. Are we assuming that uh, Golden State is the lower seed? Yeah, of course. 
I, I think they would. I think it would be a pick'em, kind of similar to what it was good. with Sacramento last year. I think it would, I think it would be a pick'em because I don't know if there's a human being on that roster for Golden State that would like to bang bodies with Zion for seven games. Draymond might think he does, but Draymond Green does not want the the, the Zion smoke. I don't think. Yeah, and I was just throwing that team out there as an example. Who knows if Zion's going to be on the court? That's been the problem. Zion, I saw a crazy stat the well. other day. Touche. I saw a crazy stat the other day that through his first 100 games on an NBA court, Zion and Michael Jordan had averaged the same amount of points, and it was the highest for any player through their first 100 games, except Jordan did it in like 112 games and Zion did it in like 248. That's the problem is, yeah, when he's on the court, he's awesome, but he's not on the court enough. He's a conundrum. Like, would you want that guy on your squad going forward? Or have you seen enough to say, screw it, it's just not happening? Oh, I'm taking Zion. I, I'm, I'm okay. taking Zion. I look awesome. at him. I, I look at him kind of similar to to Steph Curry because his first couple seasons were marred with the ankle injuries. And then Golden State was like, all right, we're going to put our trust in you. Now, they put their trust in Steph for a lot less money than New Orleans put their trust in Zion for, right? Like, that contract is massive. But if he's on the court, he's a machine, quite literally. Like, like quite literally. So I would still rock with Zion. I wouldn't mind if I was a team being like, we failed at this, but at least we failed trying to make it work rather than moving off of him, and then all of a sudden he makes it work somewhere else. Because I think he's so talented. That's the problem with sports is you get scared that your guy's not doing it, and then you cut bait, and then you have a chance of watching him succeed somewhere else. Switching sports, I feel like that's what the Bears' problem is also. Like the Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick, so they're going to take Caleb Williams. The odds are a heavy favorite. That's what they end up doing. But I guarantee – that their front office, Denton, is just as scared that Caleb Williams is a bust is that Justin Fields is awesome at his next job. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why for right. some of these guys, also a very high draft pick in the case of both of them, you just kind of got to stick it out and hope that he succeeds in your uniform because the last thing that you want is dude to blossom playing for somebody else. So maybe you do have to stick with Zion, you know? I, I'm, I'm sticking with Zion. For your Bears comparison, though, I mean, how dumb are they for sticking with the coach that you maybe don't fully believe in, but you just wanted him, like, for another season? So you literally just get yourself trapped in the same cycle that you have with Justin Fields, which is just constantly giving him a new coach every single season. If the Eberflutes thing doesn't work out this year and you draft Caleb, just an idiotic decision from Chicago. It is a little weird to to be half in and half out where it feels like if it doesn't work, this is probably it for the coaching staff. At that point, you have another young quarterback. Again, very similar situation, as you point out, to Justin Fields. The problem was the Bears kept winning, you know? Like, their plan was just to (laughs) bait with everybody and fire everybody and say, see you, Justin Fields, see you, Eberflus, see you, coordinators. Then they won a few games, and it was like, "Uh uh-oh, now we actually have a decision to make. And to be honest with you, dude, I bet part of the Bears' front office wishes that they didn't have Carolina's number one pick from last year. They just as well assume they had the number two pick and let somebody else deal with Caleb Williams and we just keep Justin Fields. Let somebody else make that decision for us because I don't know if you know this. The Bears are really bad when it comes to picking quarterbacks in the draft, whether it's Justin Fields or Mitchell Trubisky. The list goes on forever. It's not just the guys that they pick. It's the guys that they don't pick. So what I'm telling you is 
I would not be surprised in a moment of honesty if the Bears general manager in front office were like, I just would like somebody else to do the work for us because there's a chance they get it wrong again. I could see a very likely scenario where Justin Fields goes to the Falcons or the Giants or one of these teams, Pittsburgh, that's not that far away, wins 11 games next year. They win a playoff game while Caleb Williams and the Bears win three games and have the number one pick again next season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I you picking it up? I think they would have also loved it if they had number two overall because then you can kind of justify the drafting of Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you would have a field with a DJ Moore and a Marvin Harrison Jr. And all of a sudden your offense is looking mighty, mighty fine. And the decisions make themselves, which the Bears aren't good at doing on their own. That's Denton Bay (laughs) on the sports machine. Sean Levine here on the BetQL Network. Uh, Leave it up to me to have an NBA midseason award segment and start talking about Justin Fields and the Bears somehow. How about Coach of the Year in the NBA? I can't say his name. Uh, Dagnall, Mark Dagnall for Oklahoma City. He's got the best odds right now at 2-1. to one. I think I like Chris Finch, though, plus 250 out there in Minnesota. Although, old J.B. Bickerstaff, man, with Cleveland has done a great job with those Cavs. I, I'm trying to uh, – I'm squinting, you know, Sean. I got four eyes, so maybe all four of them are missing. Uh, where's Doc Rivers on this list? Is, is Doc not up? He's Keep going down the list. Keep going. He's the all star no coach. You know, further, he's the all star coach. He's not the, uh, the coach of the year. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I was, I was thinking so that. Can you imagine that the Milwaukee Bucks decided in the offseason that they were going to let Mike Budenholzer go, who I would say is somewhere between a really good and a great coach, right? He won a championship. Mm-hmm. He had his team as the one seed three separate times, at least a really good coach. They thought they could do better. They decided to go with Adrian Griffin. It takes them less than half a year to say that's not our guy for Doc Rivers. Like, that was the answer to all their questions. And since then, he's coached 10 games for the Milwaukee Bucks that have Giannis, that went out and got Damian Lillard, that won an NBA championship a couple of years ago. And this genius of a coach is going to solve all their problems is three and seven in his first 10 games. I'm being dead serious with you, Denton Day. I'd fire his ass tomorrow. I'd bring back Budenholzer. I, I can't believe they didn't bring back Budenholzer. Like, right? why would you? I don't understand. Are we dumb? Am I missing something? Why is it that the NBA still calls Doc Rivers? Because that doesn't make sense to me. He won a championship with a stacked team in 2008, and he is still coaching ago. in 2023. Like, I don't ago, get yeah. how that's happening. It's crazy that his resume, the top line on it was so long ago, and he's failed so many times since with really good teams. He has had a ready-made product that should have at least gotten to conference championships, at least gotten that far, if not won the whole thing, choked along the way. He's lost more game sevens than anybody else. That's what blows my mind, is you have to think at some point Milwaukee gets in a game seven. I don't know if they know this, but uh, Doc, not good when it comes to that game seven. Coming up next, we talk some NFL futures right here. It's Bet MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL.